answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today as we talk about financial matters. Um, both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors, financial planner, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. What that means is that uh, we are practicing advisors. We spend our weekdays helping people like yourself plan their finances and guide them through the financial markets and whatnot. We come here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. Yep. And when we say guide them, we walk with people through their life's journeys and help them manage the financial aspects of those. Yeah, it's interesting, Pat. When you think about we're we're big believers in financial planning, and when what that really means is kind of helping someone. You know, it's like figuring out what somebody wants in their life. What's the what's the money for? What are they trying to accomplish with those dollars? Then what kind of structure should we use? And how do we make this the most tax efficient as possible? How do we think set up in such a manner so we can generate the income that's necessary? Yes. And then finally, you get to the investments after allocation after after those sort of things. But then you talked about guiding through people's life's journey. The fact is, if you look at if you look at your life today, odds are you're not going to say this is exactly how I plan things. No, right? You're, you, whatever your station in life at this point, wherever you are, you're probably like this wasn't exactly what I had planned. Unless had you do things. no planning at all. Well, dreams and hopes and all that, right? Yes. I mean i I've lived in the same community for. 25 years in El Dorado Hills, I would have never thought that I grew up in Southern California, a couple miles to the beach. I would have never. Th- I mean, there's lots of things in my life that I wouldn't have necessarily planned. But life happens. Things change. Kids move back in. Goals change. Aging parents we have to deal with. An illness what we deal with. A so, death of a loved one. So the financial plan is linear, but financial planning is not. And a good advisor, a good guide, will actually just help you in the decision-making process along the, the journey. That's what they do. That's what a good advisor does. They're not a dictator. These are the pros. These are the cons. These are option one, two, or three. This is the direction I think you should go. So, Yeah, and it's interesting. And sometimes life events uh, will not only change our financial plan at that point, but it might even change our risk tolerance. Or change the way we feel about things. I got to tell you, Scott, a couple of weeks ago, I dropped my last of four children off to college. And that's a big deal. It was, uh, I, it was, uh, so, so the four kids, I feel bad for number, child number two and number three because there wasn't a lot of emotion when I dropped them off. Right? <laughs> Just another one. <laughs> Just another trip. The first one, yes. The first one, yes, because it was a new emotion. And then the fourth one, I realized, you know, this is something I've been working on for 25 years. When the first child came into my life uh, and the last yes. one goes to college. So it's the passing of an era, if you will. And it was quite emotional uh, for me. And I thought, I wonder if it's the same way for everyone. So I've asked people and I'm like, how was it for you? And some people felt the same way. Some people were, eh, and other were absolutely jubilant that their children <laughs> were gone. But uh, so is it in life and financial planning because there was, since the first child was born, I had been putting money away for college and funding their education. And all four of yours went off to university, which is pretty remarkable statistically. Yes. Because we all have, we all have friends, we have clients that, Great parents, and sometimes the kids, and not that college is necessarily no, the no, right No, no, by, by, by right? any means, by any means. Uh, but yeah, things don't, kids don't always work no, out. And, you know. and I had, I've had child children that have argued against it. I'm like, just go try it on. 
Just try it on for a year or two and see if you like it. What college? Yeah, just try it. I don't like. Just try it on. It's kind of a gift. <laughs> it's a little. Well, my son was trying to graduate early. He's at Boston College. Yeah. But they they're big on promoting like I think of it like a ninety four percent four year graduation rate. So they have to get someone in early for those kids to take five years to graduate. You don't take five years there. But if they have an average four year, there's going to be a lot of people below average and many above average. No, no, no. I mean, they're they're big on making sure that you ninety four percent graduate in four years, not the average. Oh, ninety four is whatever the percentage is. I'm making it up. Okay. It's high though. And graduate in four years. Let's hope they're not making it up. <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> it, but he wanted to graduate a semester early, and the universities like said no. They want their tuition, and they want. Oh. But uh, I'm like, why would you want to do that? I mean, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got a maid you got an apartment paid for you're living the life you work 10 hours a week at a bike store or whatever his job is i mean so but the, the point being is that a good financial advisor will guide you yeah, through no that wrong. but let's go to the uh let's go to the calls if you'd like to join the show if you have a financial question regarding saving money for college or children's college paying off your own student loans if you will refinancing a mortgage paying down a mortgage 401ks iras wills trusts taxes 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-999-6784. That's 999-6784. And that's 833 is a, obviously it's a toll-free number for those people that don't want to spend that eight cents on their cell phones <laughs> to call I think us. most of it's free now anyway. I don't know what it is. Uh, anyway, let's go. Let's start uh, with some cars. We're talking with William. William, you're with All Worth Financial. Oh, hi. Hi, Scott and Pat. Um, just wanted to ask you if I should take Social Security. I'm going to be 67 next month already, and um, I do have two 17-year-old kids. And what I found out is I can go back six months and collect. Um, I'm going to just round off the numbers for you. A thousand apiece on both yeah. of them. Um, so that would equate to about $5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. They would give me back six months, which comes to about $30,000. Uh -huh. Cut me a check. And, uh huh. Going forward, I'll collect it for another year yep. until they're out of high school. Yeah, yep. do it. To, I wouldn't wait another yeah. day. And I'd, ha in fact, if I were you, I'd, ha I'd have more kids. <laughs> you want mine? <laughs> <laughs> you want mine? <laughs> no, it's actually uh, it. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, basically, the rule is if you are on Social Security and you have minor children, you can get an extra benefit for them. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. So we it's, they, they encourage. They're essentially encouraging. Uh, like, think how much <laughs> seniors and retirees to have kids. Think how much money Tony Randall was bringing in. Who? <laughs> Tony Randall from the, the Odd couple? couple? Yeah, he was like, he had like a, bunch a, of young a, kids? a bunch of kids. Or Larry King. Um, <laughs> Mick Jagger's got a baby or something, doesn't he? Didn't he have a kid? I don't, yeah. I, so, I so yes, it makes absolute sense for you to actually uh, start that Social Security. I'm going to continue working. I have to go part-time in September. But but it, as long well, as you're a full retirement age, it won't affect yeah. your, uh, oh, okay. your benefit. You can earn as much as you want. As long as you're a full retirement age and you're 60. When Seven, you say yeah, he's 60, full retirement yeah, age. you're full retirement age. You're fine. What was yeah, the, when, my my part-time is about 180. That's okay. That's good part-time work. I wouldn't give that up anytime soon. No, but so when, <laughs> what, 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 what is your... Uh, what do you have in retirement savings? Well, I got about 900 401k and IRA. Um, I'll have a pension. I'm going to continue two years, uh, continue doing this for two years. I'll have a pension of about 120 a year from Social Security and pension, or a buyout of $1 million too. I think I'm going to take the pension because my wife's only 56. And um, um, I also have a house here that's sitting here, and I have to get rid of it because it's too much maintenance. And... I took out a loan about 10 years ago, interest only, mm -hmm. um, that, flu that, that fluctuates every month based on the LIBOR. Uh -huh. And because of the, I don't want to call it corruption, but the banks in London were artificially was, keeping yeah. rate, no, rate no, it was low. corruption. It was corruption. Yeah, well, the people, okay. people, people, people went to jail over <laughs> but, but lucky for me, I was able, able to participate in it. My home interest rate month to month was 0.8 to 1% for almost 10 years. So the highest it's gotten right now is 2.5. And when do you plan on selling the house? Uh, in two years. It's it's. I had, I had a loan of 500. It's down to 90 now. 
Oh, okay. And I probably well, here's, I probably even if not. you didn't have even if you didn't have these two these minor children, I would seriously consider taking Social Security anyway. Yeah, and okay. be- because. My concern, and we had this conversation with someone just the other day, because it seems to me most people, most of the financial publications you read and the articles don't address, anytime you look at, a, at an income stream, whether it's a, a bond or you're looking at buying, a, so you're going to buy a well, right? What's, you're going to look at what's the, what risk is there that there could be some reduction in the future? You have of, to look at that. Of that income stream, right? You have to, because that's what you're buying is an income stream. And with Social Security, the longer we delay it, because you can delay till age 70, that higher the income stream is. But the question that you'd also need to ask yourself is, what's the, is there, what is the probability? Not that there's zero probability, because everything is probability with everything. What is the probability that there is some reduction in benefits in the future? And to say that 25 years from now, the probability is zero, that's just being totally foolish. So what you're saying, Scott, is what would cause a reduction in Social Security benefits? Change in legislation. Change in legislation. Right? Well, so, or no, or no. If there's no change in legislation, when uh, we when the trust fund goes bust in 3032, I mean 3020, 3032, right around there, 3033. Then everyone stops. Then everyone gets a 70, uh, 78% of their but, benefits or something. But that's like that. not how it's going to work. It might for a month or two. You know how Congress works. But 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 the way it will work is that the person that has uh, that's you your said a pension, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, and they say we need to cut Social Security. Who should we cut it with? And they don't look at the people that are living on ten thousand dollars a year, William. They'll look at the people making more than one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, or one hundred and fifty, or eighty, what the or whatever the number uh, look, is. Look, when you've got there's conservative Republicans that have proposed for some sort of means. Chris Christie. I don't know if he's a conservative Republican or not, but he okay. Well, he's a Republican. <laughs> that's why I almost brought him up when I said conservative. So, so that's one of the reasons you. I do have a question though. What is your full retirement age? Because this is a six month look back, and your full retirement age is probably sixty six in a couple yeah, of months. Social Security. Yeah, for Social Security. It was sixty six. Yeah, sixty six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because they're going to do a. Looking at it now, because I, I just found out about that. I found out about money for the kids. I might as well get something for them. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> un, yeah, cor, cor, and it's not unusual for us to recommend to grant. We have many times grandparents are raising raising their grandchildren. Yep. We will actually recommend that they adopt those children um, legally so that they are. Well, we we'll, we we present that as an option for them. Yes, there and, might be other reasons why they should or should not adopt. But that so, would be yes. a recommendation. Anyway, so we think it's a brilliant idea. Start uh, it now. Also, the house. Um, when I sell them, they're going between 900 and, and a million to one in our neighborhood. So I'll have all that as cash also. Yep, yep. In two years when I sell. Yep, and you go pay cash for something small, something small enough that the kids don't come back to visit. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't have to maintain the pool and the property. That's there. right. That's, gonna, gonna where that. are we celebrating Christmas this but year? But I'm also guessing at a pension of 120 and a part-time job of 180, you could afford a pool man. Yeah, you could. Actually, but... No. I think you'll be all right. No, I have to quit the 180 to take the pension. Oh, that's right. That, oh, uh, that, that. God. He's a college it. professor, I'm guessing. Uh, no, not even close. Oh, no, all right. No, well, that's I, fine then. The, okay. The, part of the reason I have to go part-time is because it's a high-acuity job, and I'm just getting tired. And Got it. I ah. can't pay high attention for that particular job. And no, I'm not in government at all. I'm in private industry. Oh, well, oh. good for you. We thought for sure government. We did, too. We did. I know. <laughs> we did. Exactly. We did. All right. Appreciate the call. All right, well, hey, thanks. thanks for talking yeah, to me. Yeah, Take yeah, care. yeah thank you. You know, it's one of the few people that still has a private industry. Less than six percent of uh, private of, industry. Yeah, yeah. Have a maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's the six percent of Fortune five hundred companies. It's a small number. Yeah, because no companies start a pension anymore. A traditional pension. A super small ones do. Well, only because it benefits the, the owners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. No. But they don't really have many like employees. Three or four and they're employees. Not, they're not designed to help the employees. They're pretty much designed. And the only one is going to get a pension of 120 going the, forward to the owners. It was the 60-year-old person. Yeah. All right. All right let's uh, continue here. Our toll-free number to be part of Allworth Financial, uh, 1-833-99-WORTH. That's 833 833- Triple nine six seven eight four, and we're in Forestville with Antoinette. Antoinette, you're with Allworth Financial. I have a question about um, the best way 
I have a traditional IRA that I've been saving for years. I'm 80 now. And <clears throat> I want to know the best way to get it out of my traditional IRA slowly, but to help avoid taxes. I have um, about 10000 and an S&P 500 that I'd like to take out the best way possible. The other IRA is 40000 and a CD. It's due in two years. So really, I want to know, I was looking at, is it better? I know there's a required minimum distribution. Yes. But I want to take out more than that. I want to okay. try to get that 10000 out. All right. So let's let's ask a, a couple questions. So from what you've described so far, you have $50,000 in total in IRAs. Is that correct? Right. And okay. I have other money of my own. Too. Okay. And you said you want to take it out without any tax implications and then you but then you said you want 10 out now what do you tell me what you're trying to do do you well, need I want to lower the taxes like the stock market's been going up and down and i think well, i thought well is it better when the market's down to reduce that ira to a i want to tra- change it over to a regular ira i mean excuse me a regular s&p 500 without the ira got it why Well, I guess I'm tired of going through the RMD every year. Okay, well, you're going to have to go through the RMD anyway. Oh, unless, she converts, unless she can convert it all to either this year or over the next two years or three years, yeah, she can convert it. All, all of the IRA to a Roth IRA. Well, she's certainly that's an option. Whether it's the best thing or not, I don't know yet. But So, uh, and you you could, but the required minimum distributions and it will still be required as long as these dollars are in an IRA. So what I'm trying to, I'm trying to de- decipher is, are you bothered by the S&P 500 or are you just no. bothered by the required no. minimum distributions? I like the S&P. I think it's great. Okay. Okay. So what's your other income on an annual basis? Well, my taxes last year were came to 32. And actually what I get is uh, about a little over 1,000 from Social Security and a little over 1,000 from CalPERS. Okay. And uh, any money from outside investment? No, I have a hundred and twenty-five thousand and a CD, another CD. And then the required minimum distributions. And who does your taxes? Um, a private company, but I don't know if they're very good. <laughs> okay, we'll keep using okay. them. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here, so here's. I think you're. I, I like what you're thinking about doing. One, you're trying to simplify your life, and you wonder if it just makes more sense from tax plan to put it in a Roth. One of the things I'm concerned about with your situation is the taxation of your Social Security. So right now, there's a good chance that the majority of your Social Security escapes taxation because there's a complicated rule. This Once you're retired and you start receiving benefits, they use a different kind of uh, formula to determine your taxation. It's called provisional income. And what, yes, don't ask me why Congress created, made it so complicated. Provisional income is where they look at all your income sources, your pension, your uh, interest dividends, your IRA withdrawals, any money if you got in municipal uh, bonds, and one half of your Social Security. And they add those dollars up, and that's called provisional income. And if you're single, and the provisional income is twenty five thousand or less. You pay zero income tax, zero taxes on your social security. On your social security. And married, it's thirty two oh. or thirty four. It's thirty two. Okay, and so our social security taxes. What this means is, we have to. Right now, you don't have to include any of your social security in your taxable income. But well, if you're, I think they do. They don't. Well, based Not upon based the, on numbers, the numbers you gave us. Yeah. But as you, okay. so just hear this out here. But as your income goes up, they start adding in that Social Security. So right now you're in a 12 percent federal tax bracket. Okay. But if, let's say you converted 10,000 to a Roth, it could trigger that you now have to add 50 percent of Social Security 10, benefits, 000. and it might mean that another that suddenly 5,000 of your Social Security is subject to taxation. So there's a 50% bump. Another, it's another way to look at it is that you're no longer in a 12% bracket. You're now in an 
eighteen percent tax bracket. It would it would cause income that was otherwise not taxable to be taxable. So you have the ability to convert just based on the numbers that you gave us. You have an ability. Your required minimum distribution is going to be about twenty five hundred dollars a year, and then you can convert on top of that approximately another thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars a year into a Roth IRA. Oh, okay. here's my based upon the, the information you gave yes, us the your, gross numbers, right. which your, is not that accurate. Your taxes, your your accountant who you don't think is very good would actually have to give you the answer. Um, if you were a client of ours, we would actually do the calculation for you. Now, in saying all that and answering your question, if you were my grandmother, I would say, Grandma, don't do anything. Just really? take the required minimum yes, distributions, pay the taxes on it, continue as you're going forward. There's nothing wrong with these required minimum distributions. It's not going to mess with your Social Security. You're not going to have to set up another Roth or move it around. You're comfortable you, 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 the chances of you hurting yourself are almost zero with this portfolio. Agreed. Um, you know, you're 80% fixed income CDs and 20% is the S&P 500, which is the broad market. Yeah, you could move through three, $4,000 into a Roth IRA for not. It would, it's not worth going through that. Nope, I totally agree with Pat. Is that all right? Okay. Now, when I earn money in this traditional IRA, mm-hmm. the Money I earn in the S&P 500, that is also now part of the IRA, right? That's correct. That's right. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you're just going to do a required minimum. And remember, you have two different accounts, but mm-hmm. you don't have to take them out on a pro rata basis. It can all come from one or the other. So if your required minimum distribution is $2,500 a year, you can take it all out of the CD or you can take it all out of the I mean, If you box. really want to go through this, then you've got to run the numbers and see right. exactly what your, what your income is going to be and how much you can convert before you start triggering the taxation of your Social Security. And if you're already at the point where a portion of your Social Security is taxable, I would argue against – I wouldn't argue about – I'd say don't do anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even look at it. I appreciate the call. You know, you live oh. in beautiful Forestville, California, do you not? Oh, yes, I okay. do. Where's Forestville? It's up by uh, uh, Guerneville. Where's Guerneville? Uh, you know, we are just below Guerneville. It's not, before you get nicer than Guerneville. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's not Beautiful the end of the world, but you can see it from there? It's, it's We're west of Santa Rosa, California. Okay, west and, of the wine and country. And east there. of the Pacific Ocean. Yep, wine country. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I would go for a, I would go east of the Pacific. That's a good one. As opposed to west of the Pacific. Yes, we're be east, Japan. We're east of the Pacific and west of Santa Rosa. I I wouldn't. I you could go through the math. You you could go through the math and do it with your accountant and do all that. But at the end of the day, uh, I have no. I don't have a dog in this fight. I've never met you before. I would if you were my grandmother. This is exactly the advice I would give you, Grandma. Don't do a thing. Go for a walk. Enjoy Forestville. Leave it alone. Yeah, I'd leave it alone. You're good. Is Forestville where the, is Levi's Grand Fondo bike ride? Does that go through there? Yes. Oh, yeah. They they block all the roads about every other weekend. Yes. Yeah, I've ridden there a number of times. I've ridden in Forestville (laughs) a number of times. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes, it is. Hilly and Oh, yes. Except for the locals. (laughs) Except for the My neighborhood is perfect. (laughs) I know. All right. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Antoine. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. I don't think she quite heard that. That was hilarious. (laughs) No, I actually have a number of clients that live in Forestville. It's very nice. You do? I do. (laughs) A little tiny town on a number. There's a population of 24. (laughs) The, the, The thing about the Social Security, the majority of Americans receive Social Security without any income tax on it. I would say that a lot of successful savers, they're, they're, they're 85% of their Social Security benefits, which is the maximum amount that is included in your taxable, is included in the taxable income. Yes. But there's a number of people, even with substantial portfolios, that go into retirement, and between the ages of you know, essentially 59 and a half, when, before we can really get our money without any restrictions— so age 70 and a half, when I required a minimum distributions kick in, there's some tremendous planning years there. That people miss. That people miss. They miss because they say, oh, I don't want to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes. And your point being is, look, you're going to pay the taxes on all the IRA distributions. And 
If you don't get in front of it, you may drive part of your Social Security that is otherwise untaxable into a taxable bracket. Let's do the planning to get in front of this. Yeah. And if you're before you do some Roth conversion, take a good look to see what your Social Security taxation is. Because I've seen people do this conversion without talking to me first and, and end up in a situation. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, and I couldn't help but think in our, our first uh, previous caller, I would have argued strongly to take Social Security at 66, full retirement age, for receiving the benefits of the minors. Yes. If you just, have minor children, you're in Social Security benefits. They are too. Well, he just found out about it. And we actually talked about it on our show three or four weeks ago. About having well, minor clearly team. our advisors know all about it. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you got it from yeah. a source. All right, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, we'll take some more calls, and uh, we've got more fun with finances. Our contact number, if you want to be part of our program, one eight three three ninety nine worth. This is All Worth Financials Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Do you have a financial question that needs answering? Call us at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome back to Allworth Financial's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here. Pat McClain. Hope everyone's having a fantastic weekend because uh, I know... I am. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it's, it's, that. It's nice. A <laughs> uh, contact number to join our program. We'd love to take calls, particularly good calls. Uh, toll free, it's 833-99-WORTH, 833-999-6784 is the number. And let's talk with Philip. Philip, you're with Allworth Financial. My, my question is about uh, taking a partial lump sum out of my pension and using it to kind of set up a sinking fund to pay off the mortgages. A um, little bit of quick background. Husband and wife, both 65, set to retire in about six months. Wife has PERS. Uh, I'm private with Social Security for both of us. Our income will be about the same in retirement as it is currently factoring out, so we won't be contributing to the 401K anymore. Um, a little bit of concern about the pensions. I know you talk a lot about PERS. I actually got a Wall Street Journal article that I saved about concerns about public pensions. PERS is mentioned in particular. Um, but I think PERS is probably safer than mine just because it's backstopped by California and the ability to tax. And who's your, you, you have a pension as well? I do. Mine is private, and that's the one I would lump some out of. Um, and it, this would be kind of just to diversify the risk, but... Um, we're pretty well set, but we do have pretty big mortgages. We have two mortgages on two properties, 772000 about 6100 a month. That includes uh, taxes and insurance, though. Um, and those mortgages have a long way to go. I think the, the older one still has about 23, 24 years. Um, so I have a quote here from my, my plan, you know, Offering like, you know, here's the lump sum calculation, here's the straight annuity. So I wondered what you thought about taking um, 50%. So, well, let me just, I'm going to stop you really, stop you really good. I like all yeah. the planning you're going through. <laughs> I mean, I like yeah. all the questions you've been uh, contemplating. So you, you, uh, you think the way I would think, but uh, continue on. Oh, well, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> what, what would Hanson and McLean do, right? Um, so... So, yeah, um, so if I, I can run, I'll give you the numbers. If Fire you wanna, away. If you we did the numbers. Um, so I think we would be looking at the uh, straight life annuity, right? Well, you'd pay, you'd, uh, in order to get apples to apples, you'd look at a, a joint survivor. Okay, joint survivor 100%, which is what I would take, mm -hmm. is 14000 a month roughly. 14000 uh, a month? Yeah, we're very fortunate. Yeah, and then I, I, you are. So, 
there's when you're first starting to talk about risk, I'm thinking, well, there's the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, but it only guarantees a certain amount. Yeah. And it, it's not going to guarantee a yeah. $14,000 a month pension. So. And so that's $14,000 a month just for you. Uh, no, that's that's joint, joint survivor. survivor. Oh, got it, got it. But that's just your pension. That's not your wife's pension. Yeah, yeah. That's just your. Okay, Correct. so and what's the lump sum? About two point four. Yeah, it's a big the number. Lump sum is uh, two two point six four three million. Yeah, you were fairly close, Scott. You were with ninety percent tile. Yeah. And you oh, and what's and I like your idea. How much money do you have in your four hundred one ks and IRAs? Oh Christ! Between two point five and three million. Oh, on, yeah. what are you worried about? What are you worried about? Well, I would hate he to didn't have, say he's worried. You're a good point, Scott. I, I'd hate to. I, I'd hate to have you know my pension plan suddenly run into troubles, especially you know with the downturn in interest rates and these private employers. And I'm sure they all want to bail out of the plan. You know, um, at least the ones that. Um, that offer as generous benefits as mine do, although mine's been kind of frozen for. Well, it's a liability years. of the company unless the company can't meet its liabilities. So the company would have to go some sort of through bankruptcy restructure for the pension benefit guarantee corporation to take it over, but they wouldn't guarantee 14,000 a month. So that's, there's, that's right. And you're talking no, about a 25 about, year, what it was about 60 grand a year or something. They're going to in total. And what is right. the hurdle rate there, Scott? It's probably about, I didn't even bother calculating four anymore. and a quarter. I'm more, I'm more concerned about your required minimum distributions at age seven and a half. That's what I just cr- calculated. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, well, my thought with, with my million. thought with those is is, you know, it, it comes out of whatever fund it's in. You know, you pay the taxes. It goes back into the same fund after tax for for the kids to inherit. Um, but you might want to pay down the mortgages at the same time. Well, what I was thinking is just as a way of kind of like. Um, minimizing risk you got the big liability is the mortgages so if i took half of that lump sum what what is it a 1.3 mm-hmm. million and invested that on my own it probably would be enough to pay off the mortgages i don't know if i'd even sure i guess i'd accelerate the payment some i wouldn't um, you yeah. would not unless unless you had excess cash yeah, unless, yeah. unless you had excess cash then I would. But then all you're doing is you're playing a mental gymnastics game of matching maturities is what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all you're doing. It's a mental gymnastics game because the reality is your network. But he's not going to invest in 20-year or 30-year bonds. No, I would hope not. Um, but, y- well, but, but whether you keep it separate or don't keep it separate, you have um, more than enough net worth and income to service that $6,100 a month of mortgages easily. So if it makes you feel better and you take a portion of that lump sum and you put it in an IRA and then have required minimum or have distributions come out to make the mortgage payment, then do that. Exactly. Then do that. Yeah. I don't see any problem with that at all. Quick question on that. Um, if I did it on my own, um, I'd be really conservative, and I'd probably be lucky at 2.5%. Could I do better by buying an outside annuity, get a better yield than that somewhere closer to four in this environment? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, <clears throat> no. no I, I, I don't know how. I don't know how. Because uh, they, they, they operate in the same environment we do. Yeah, they're, they're in exactly. fact. Yeah, I, I don't know how excited I would be about buying an annuity in order to match this maturity. And, and quite frankly, you don't need to. You, 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 you. you you understand it well enough. You're educated well enough. Uh, it sounds like you're risk tolerant. You understand yourself. You could build a portfolio to manage this or have an advisor do it at a relatively low cost um, to manage these dollars. But, you know, when you started this conversation and you told us you own 772000 on mortgages and you were 65 and going to retire in six months, we were thinking to ourselves mm-hmm. – this is going to be a terrible phone call, and this has been a great phone yeah. call. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. No, but well, from, one, from, one, from a standpoint, if you if you would feel better from a risk standpoint, knowing your mortgage is covered, then then you, you don't need to you, – you, you can take $772,000 worth of your retirement account, stick it in a separate IRA, invest it conservatively, and have it so that a, a month a, each month a check comes from that IRA and goes to pay the mortgage payment. Yeah. And then you can just think in your mind, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, and then obviously there's tax mitigations there. but Right, right. So the, la- the last couple of questions real quick is, do you like the idea from the standpoint of you're diversifying your risk, you're only half of the value of the pension is tied up in this uh, 
in this company plan as opposed to all of it? And number two, do you think the figures I quoted you, is that an attractive lump sum vis-a-vis the, the monthly, just sticking with the monthly annuity? I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take a $14,000 a month annuity from. Well, here's a better. I would take one from qu- the federal government. Would you take $2.6 and go to a private company and have a pension that's only as good as that private company? That's the question. No, well, that's what that's what we just asked. That's well, and that comes back to this is why I'm contemplating this. It's just that's an awful lot of money to have tied up. You know, I would, it's way it's money. way over the uh, pension benefit guarantee corporation limits. Right, way above that. Yeah, that's the concern I'd have. Just like if you said I'm going to put two million bucks in one bank because the bank's got a high interest rate. I'm like, well, it's got a high interest rate, but what happens if it goes bust? And FDIC insurance limits are only two fifty. The same kind of concept. Yeah. So I wouldn't, yeah. I absolutely would uh, take the lump sum. And I've talked, listen, I've talked personally to retired pilots. You talk to a, re, a, a 75-year-old retired United pilot pilot, and ask them what they would do. Some of those, some of the airlines allowed people to take a cash, a cash out, like you were contemplating, and some didn't. And the ones who took the cash out are so happy they did. Yeah. Yeah. Does it's, it make any difference if I tell you it's a multiple employer plan? There's about 230 different employers in it. I don't know if that's helpful or not. I don't actually, that would that may be more harmful because if the pension actually starts to suffer, the employers would begin to pull out of it, which actually would create yeah. a snowball effect, would it not? Yeah, I don't know the limits. I don't yeah. know the rules on these. That's what I worry about. I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if and I'm the educated. Lump sums, I mean, I guess the pay, I guess your lump sum was going to be 2.4 and it's 2.6. And I used a 7%. Um, it's probably 5. And that would be 7% assuming that your principal never did. Uh, yeah, but the internal. So it's yeah. probably close. It's less than 5. Yeah. It's, yeah. So anyway, in our opinion, um, I, it, if it, if it, if these numbers were a tenth of the amount, the thing that worries us is that the, the claims paying ability of the yes, company of and the pension benefit guarantee corp. And you are way past the PBGC yes, limits. Totally. So I, for that reason and that reason alone, I'd take the lump correct. sum. Now, if you had a choice of taking 25% in the pension and 75% in the lump right, sum, take, take 25% in the pension. Then. But I don't know if they give you that choice. Well, they do. They do. And I'm talking about 50%, not a hundred. Well, can you, you can do less than 50%? I believe you can. I would then. I would if I were in your shoes. I would go and look at what the I'd research what the what the limits are for 2019 for the pension benefit. Well, the the PBGC Scott, I know this is it's a pro rata, so it actually it doesn't really it's it's not for the PBGC. So the PBGC. Well, there's a maximum they'll pay. That's correct, correct. But uh, if if he took a quarter of this, he would only get a quarter of the coverage on this. Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah, what am I thinking? Yep, you're exactly right, Pat. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. So it's not you wouldn't be doing it for the PBGC because no. that that benefit is yeah. That's done. A, if you take out fifty percent, then you're only going to yeah. You only get fifty percent of the buck. of the coverage. You're just doing that for Got diversification. Yeah, I wouldn't take reason. any. I wouldn't take the pension from there if I were you. No yep. way. Anyway, any other questions? Hey, thank you. All, All right. right. No, Good. Hey. Sounds, like you, sounds like you kind of agree with my thinking. Which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, Great yeah, job. Totally. Great yeah. saving. Good yeah. for you. Congratulations. Right. Enjoy that retirement. Yeah. Yeah. We wish you well, Philip. All right. Yeah, it's, I remember having an argument with someone on an AT and T pension that um, something like it was like it was strange. The, the cash out wasn't really a lump sum; it was smaller than that. And they were arguing with me. Well, they want to take the lump sum because their colleague did. And I'm like, your colleague worked for a different division within the company. Yeah, it's a different kind of pension. They're concerned about the company's long term viability. And I said, I wouldn't worry about that because the pension benefit guarantee corporation is going to get going to cover your full pension. Uh, and I had mentioned on this show before, the last six years of my dad's life, he was getting his uh, pension check from the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. He's getting it. Mm-hmm. And I tried to, when he died, I tried to cancel it. And what a nightmare that was. You know what he did? I just closed the account it was coming to. <laughs> They'd figure it out soon enough. You couldn't get the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation? Yeah, I tried to get them to cancel it, and they're like, well, we need this and this you know, and this. You know, it's funny. I always look at... Uh, I'm going to tell a story really quick because I got a couple weeks ago, I was at the airport and in front of me in line was um, Bernie Sanders. Bernie. Got it. I felt the burn. 
And um, this gal right next, he's in just like six people ahead of me. He's waiting to get on the Southwest <laughs> flight. Bernie was trying to get his, uh, he was waiting he in was line in to the, get his, uh, I knew you didn't say you met him at a dry cleaners. He was in the business select line, I thought. Was I, he? Yes. Oh. But I, anyway, I said Wait, whoa, <laughs> slow. <laughs> so I get, um, I, this gal next to me goes and asks for his picture with him. And I thought, hmm. Well, if he's going to allow some uh, young woman, maybe he'll allow an old man like me to get me. So I, hey, can I get a picture of you, Bernie? So he snaps a, a photo. And so I post on Facebook like once a year maybe. I'm never on Facebook, but I thought this is too good to pass up. So I put like uh, Sanders Hansen 2020. <laughs> what I happened? offered to be his running mate. <laughs> Most people realize I'm kind of joking, right? But some? I... <laughs> <laughs> it's really? like friends that like are on Facebook. One guy that sends me, "Hey, I'm really kind of disturbed." Um, you know, <laughs> really, <laughs> like, what's happened to you? <laughs> you think it was funny. I thought one was. Oh, I could tell you. I, man, I, he said, "Scott, I could tell by the photo that his one his, his right hand is in your left pocket, <laughs> reaching for your wallet." You know, Scott. Why I would have gone up to him, asked him if he wanted this picture taken with me. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Did you like your picture with me, a true capitalist? <laughs> so were his clothes rumpled? The only reason I thought about that is when you talked about how hard it was for the, get the pinch of benefit. Oh, get, yes. I thought, did we really want the government involved in every area of our life? Yes. How would they take over Amazon? <laughs> would you feel good? How confident would you be about your package arriving that next day? Yeah, I just, you know, I just listened to a great podcast called... Uh, why we should let Traders Joe, Trader Joe's run America. And they talked about the culture at Trader Joe's and what a great culture it is. Anyway, speaking of great podcasts, we've got a mediocre one, and that's our own. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we think it's pretty good. Well, listen, if you, <laughs> the lady, mediocre. our, our uh, person that produces our show is wondering why we're plugging another podcast on our radio show. Which podcast did you plug? I think it was the Hidden Brain. Oh, Hidden Brain. Did they do one on Traders? Was it Trader Joe's? I listened to so many of them. Anyway, but forget about all those. Listen to ours. All right. Let's go back to the calls here. This is All Worth Financial, and we are talking about financial matters. Um, uh, our number to join the program is toll-free, 833-99-WORTH. We are talking with Alan. Alan, you're live with uh, All Worth Financial. Yes, Ben, back at you again. This is your longtime listener, back to the days of that other former name of your name okay. put together with live call-ins. Yes, yes, for <laughs> 20 years, I think. In any event, in any event, you do, you do, you do good work, although I dispute with you, and I know I don't want to Oh, I remember much, you. I, I remember you. I'm coming back on you right All now, All right, Jim. okay, and I, and let's I, go. And I know why you do what you do. Listen, listen we, you preach diversification in bulk for your clients, which are my clients because many are state of California employees who I served when I was in the deferred comp program. Yes, so we remember you. You have to do that because it's risk aversion, right? That's right. But I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say, and I know what your feelings are about it, but I, I so let me approach it a different way. Kind of a, do you ever give recommendations to somebody more risk non-averse, you know, risk, risk accepting for like tactical applications and allocations, maybe, you know, whatever percent. Well, what, it would tell me what a tactical out application is, and then maybe we give that. But the yeah, word tactical application. Okay. Well, I, I argued this with the staff at CalPERS all the time, you know, and they said, well, Alan, you know, we have too much money, move the market and such. I said, but wait a second. You know, you don't want to sit on cash. You know that. You have to invest. But there's got to be tactical opportunities. Even your consultants tell you so. So now I'm the crazy gold guy. And yep. uh, as you know, since we last talked, I've even made more crazy good money on that mm -hmm. because year to year, last year, not year to date, last year, I just took a look real quickly. You know, the S&P is maybe slightly neg for one year, maybe a half percent, one percent. The And if you for your other clients, you would preach maybe like the iShares 20 year bond. That thing has been fantastic. Nineteen three last year. For the iShares 20 plus bond. Yes, because interest rates right? have tanked. Okay, so where are you going with this? There you go. Alan. There you go. And the last, Alan, the, the best Alan, that last is gold shares. Yeah. Alan, if you are so yep. confident with your investment selection in all sincerity, why don't you have a hedge fund and go to all your colleagues at Cal CalPERS and raise up some money and show them what your track record's been the last 20 years? I mean, they ha allocate a because, certain portion to that kind of stuff. Because I really have never had any interest to want to be in jail. 
then I mean that sincerely. Some of the people that work for them, you say hedge funds. Oh, we can't go there. We said. can't go there. That's not fair. That's that all not hedge fair. fund managers yeah. are crooks. That's not fair. That's not fair. No, not all hedge fund managers are crooks. But as you well pointed out, and I totally agree with you, based on a management fee component basis and long-term returns, there are so few that have a let's, okay. Let's so what makes so let's so, okay? Let's stop let's, there. Let's go. If just so answer. few can outperform the markets, why why do you think we can? Let me just start there. Why do you think you Be, can? Because you're gen- one, you're geniuses, and well, two, if you one. if you if you if you take a look at if you take a look and again, this is my point, not to argue anything. You are arguing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I am saying that I believe in my portfolio. There's a place for tactical movements between what looks like great opportunities. Well, then do that. I do. Okay. No, I well, do. good for I you. Just, I, but I, let I, me just tell you something, Alan. You know, I have friends that fish on a regular basis, like two or three times a week. You know how often they talk about it? Once or twice a month. Why? If they do it two or three times a week, why do they only talk about it once or twice a month? The good days. There you go. They're not catching an appropriate amount of fish. And you call us up after one year where you made the right call. <laughs> I've been on the air for 26 years? Now, Four years. 24 now let's, years. Let's, now, wait a second. Let me say no, but then You don't right. always and, call and brag about your portfolio. Sometimes <laughs> you just call to argue with us. No, no. I My point to you is this, and, and I never heard you say this. I think you have said to me before, you really don't use or believe necessary in tactical movement applications. In other words, you lock out an allocation for a long period of time. That's not, years, that is that's years. that's not no no that, that's not hundred percent true because okay, it's what right. degree of when when we use the word tactical, it it, it it can mean a lot of things. So if we underweight or overweight equities at any one point in time, would that not be called tactical? Yes. Okay, then we use yes. tactical. But I'm not gonna bet a client's portfolio on a twenty-year uh, in I bond with the uh, with the hopes that the interest rates are going to go down because the interest rates can go the other way, and instead of having a nineteen percent gain, I could have a nineteen percent loss. Yes, and and that's anyway. I'm glad you you predicted. I'm glad you, I'm glad you made lots of money. So anyway, so appreciate the call. Wish you well. Uh, let's continue on one eight three three ninety nine worth is the number eight three three ninety nine worth. We are talking with Sophia. Sophia, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi there. Hi, Sophia. Um, my question is, when you have a will or a trust, you have to have an ex. ex- told I told you. Executor. I yeah, um, or a trustee. Okay, so if you run out of friends and relations, how do you find somebody that can serve in that capacity oh, and also easy, as easy power enough. of attorney That's for health care? Good question. Easy enough. Easy enough. How big is the estate? It's only about a half a million. Okay. Well, and, only that's, I mean, that's... And who are the beneficiaries of the estate? Um, well, right now is the person that I have designated as the executor. And I don't know who it will be if, I, if she dies before I do. Okay. So you can name a... And who would... If, if she were to die, where would the money go uh, if she would, predeceases you? If she was gone, I'd probably divide it up among the neighbors. Okay. So you can hire a professional trustee that would do that for you. Or you could actually... Where do you find one? Oh, you could just Google it. If you go whatever town you live in, just Google professional trustee and you will find one. Or go to the estate planning attorney that put your trust or will together and ask them for one. And they will actually... They may even name themselves as one uh, if they have that ability under the state laws in which you live. Or they may actually say, okay, I'll wrap the estate up in when you die. So it depends on whether it's a will or a but trust. But our question then, she had the deeper one, though, on, on durable power of health care. Okay, and what yeah. was the question about that then? Well, who's going to make oh, those well, decisions? Yes. How do you find somebody that, will, that you can appoint? Health care. Like, do we resuscitate or not? Yeah, I don't know the no, answer to that. No, I don't want to resuscitate. Well, you can have a DNR. Yeah, you can have a DNR. I do not resuscitate. As I have one in my living will. Is that what they call it? Document? Whatever that document is there. Yeah. I did tell my wife it's there. Did you? I carry one in my purse, and oh, I have wow. one on file at Kaiser. 
Is that good enough? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've had mine tat- I think that'd be I good I had enough. mine tattooed on my stomach. <laughs> so, they're about ready to slice you open. They're going to put the paddles on you. Wait a minute. What's this say here? What's this say? <laughs> Do not resuscitate. Are you sure? And it keeps you from gaining much weight because you don't want to stretch out those words too much. Yeah. So I don't, I don't actually know the answer to that. I don't either. I don't. I have not a clue who I would contact. Um, I would start with my attorney and yeah. ask them that. Yeah. Um, and if you thought through those issues and you have a document on file with, at Kaiser, your hospital, medical facility, and you've got a carry copy in your purse, I think I think you'd be uh, you'd be pretty good. Or you could always get the okay. tattoo. Thank you. I appreciate the call. All right, Sophia. Have a great day. Wish you well. That's um, interesting. And I was joking. I do not have a do not resuscitate. Thank you for clarifying that, Pat. <laughs> on my stomach. <laughs> oh. But there are people out there who will serve as professional trustees. And sometimes we see this not just because maybe you don't have that many uh, close relations in your life, but it might also because uh, you don't really, you've got three kids. You're not sure who would be the best one to do that. Or... And you don't want to create uh uh, family uh, turmoil. I recently had a friend. Uh, there were three children, and uh, uh, she was named as the trustee. And when the family started fighting, I, after her mother died, I had suggested that they hire a third-party trustee and that she turn over all responsibilities to the third-party trustee in order to keep familiar harmony in place. Yeah. And she did so. And every town's got some professional trustees. And some of the uh, large banks have trust departments. There's some good and bad that can come with those. Yes. And some large firms have that. Basically, they're, oftentimes you are assigning the money management responsibilities to them indefinitely. Yes, and oftentimes can be very, very expensive. Yeah, it certainly can be. So we are just about out of time. Uh, we are here on the same station every week at the same time. And, of course, you can also listen via podcast. We appreciate our podcast subscribers. Our website, if you've not been there in a while, is allworthfinancial.com. And if you've been an old listener like one before and it was back in Hanson McLean, you can still list that and it'll take you right to Allworth Financial. But our website has got some phenomenal educational tools on there. It's got guides if you're close to retirement. If you've suddenly been forced into retirement, it's got things like a survival guide and forced retirement. Or Anyway, it's got so many great different articles. And there was a, a, a recent article that had done well. It's annuities, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Educating yourself and knowing the right questions to ask is key. That is one of our current articles that is we have up that um, a lot of people said they have appreciated. So anyway, take some time to go there if you haven't in a while. And we will see you next week at the same time. This has been Allworth Financials, Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McClain. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.